0: Hi, folks. This is Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't dictate it is almost always the case. During my 50 mile commute between Arlington and Frisco, Texas, as I play a little bit with my common radio DJ voice today, just for your amusement and humor. Uh, today is June, what the hell day is this, this is June 20 something, June 23rd, 2006, at least according to my PDA, 2009, 2009, what did I say, 2006, who knows, who knows, <laughs> folks, it's been a late morning, anyway, it is June 23rd, 2009, uh, this is episode 226 of the Survival Podcast, and I promise I'll try to get it together for for you as we go forward today. I got out the door about 30 minutes late. It has thrown off my timing. Anyway, as I cruise down the road, it's 88 degrees today. It will be over 100 today in Dallas-Fort Worth. Yay. Wonderful. I'm sure it's going to be hot wherever you are unless you live in the southern hemisphere uh, where it's wintertime right now. And uh, why I mention the weather? Because you're friends, each and every one of you. So uh, today's show is good. I'm gonna take a change up for you. I'm gonna kind of cruise around the. uh, Yeah, I cruised around the internet this morning, found out some things that were going on out there in the mainstream world, at least sort of mainstream world. Things that they don't really talk about that much with the talking bobbleheads on TV, and give you my unique survivalist view of those things, uh, which will be maybe more of an in-depth analysis than most people would expect from a survivalist if this is your first show. Uh, If this is your first show, let me say this to you. A lot of people have preconceived ideas about what survivalism is. What we talk about here is modern survivalism. I will not be telling you how to turn a potato into a hand grenade, hide in a bunker, or where to uh, store 10 years worth of food at. We will talk about food stores. We will talk about being prepared. And occasionally we'll even talk about some wilderness survival stuff. Uh, But we're going to talk about more practical down-to-earth things that go on in your life every day and on that note we're going to today talk about things that are actually out there in the world either creating threats or creating things that we at least need to be aware of before that though let's do some house cleaning one thing i'd like you guys to do for me i'll put a link in today's show notes somebody yesterday went on the judge's website the judge being andrew napolitano has a show called freedom watch on fox news uh the fox news channel anyway and um they suggested the judge have me on. Um, I am now listed as the number two most suggested new show for the judge's show. Uh, the only people ahead of me are the poker people, and I'm sure they brought an alliance of uh, technology with them to get that, uh, that high ranking up there. But we're even closing in on them. If you could just go by that site and uh, vote for me, that would be great. You can give me up to three votes when you do that. If you register, you get to comment. If you got some extra time to consider registering and posting a comment endorsing uh, us as a guest on the show I'd like to not only take over the top of that board but have the most comments uh, from people that actually listen to me and uh, and want to see me on there as well. Uh, next thing Advertiser of the Day is ready-made resources and uh, talk to their head guy today and uh, he has a special offer out this month he wanted me to make you guys aware of Number one, they have free shipping on just about everything. I guess there's probably some big stuff. Stuff, bulky stuff that maybe they can't do free shipping on, as far as uh, full size, as the sizes. Uh, but he said pretty much everything has free shipping, and they are doing uh, twenty five dollars off cases of Mountain House, uh, long term storage food. So consider uh, going by Ready Made Resources today. You'll see their banner uh, in the uh, the right hand margin of the show. And I think they're actually due today for rotation back to the top of the stack with our kind of unique advertising model. One thing I want to remind people about our advertisers, I don't just take people's money and put them on the site. They have to be vetted by my ad council. My ad council are the forum moderators. If two of them uh, object or more, uh, advertiser gets turned down. So these are personal endorsements. These are not just people that pay to be there. Uh, next, if you think you get more than 25 cents in value, consider joining the uh, Members Support Brigade uh, and support the show with a contribution of either $5 a month or $50 a year and get exclusive content only available to members. Another thing I mentioned yesterday, and then last night I listened to it while I did some work, um, I was on the Johnny Max uh, Brew Crazy podcast, and uh, the, it came out to be a really good show. It's over. An hour, but uh, it came out even better than I realized when I actually sat back and listened to it. Instead of you know having to concentrate and engage in the in the production of the show, uh, so give that a listen. I'll give it a link again today. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the topics. I know that was a little bit longer than normal house cleaning, but there were some extra things thrown in there and some explanations, etc., that I need to do from time to time. So what's the first story I want to talk to you about today? Um, I want to talk to you a little bit more on something that I've mentioned in the past. There's a a fungus out there right now. A fungus among us, as my dad used to say. Um, But this fungus is no joke. It is called UG99, and that's because it was first discovered in Uganda in 1999. Now, this isn't a fungus you have to worry about infecting you. It's a fungus that we all have to worry about infecting our... Food being number one, or actually the only thing that it infects is wheat. It is also known as stem rust, and what it does is it destroys wheat plants, kills them dead. It's the best way I could just make it plain and simple. Now, this isn't some weird ooh from the twilight zone strain of UG or uh, of stem rust. This is an old enemy. This has destroyed wheat crops going back to biblical times. It's been here in the U.S. before. In the early 1900s, two different times, it destroyed as much as 20% of the U.S.'s wheat crop. Last time we dealt with it was in 1962 when it destroyed 5.2% of our wheat crop. But then the geneticists... And the plant breeders, and this really wasn't a lot of biotech on a, uh, a, this was not genetically modified organism stuff here, folks. This was good, solid agricultural work with hybridization and things like that. Uh, They were able to develop a strain of wheat that was resistant to stem rust Uh, so this isn't the evil Monsanto stuff this is just plain old simple farmer Joe and farmer Bob working real hard in the field in cooperation with scientists and doing cross pollination and creating hybrid varieties and that has staved off stem rust in the United States since 1962 we haven't dealt with it well this UG99 strain has done what all things do in time it is mutated it is adapted it is overcome. It is capable of infecting these weeds that have been resistant to it up till now. This is a lesson that man seldom learns. That if you give nature some time, it will adapt. It's what it's done. It has spread into Pakistan. It has begun to spread into India. Right now, grain prices are actually down in India because the harvest looks better than expected because it didn't get there quite fast enough to hit the early harvest. It doesn't mean we're out of the woods. And I'll post a link to an article on Seeking Alpha that you guys can check out. Now, I love Seeking Alpha as a source of the stuff that's not discussed in mainstream media. One thing I'll warn you, though, they're an investor's website, so their, their analysis of this analysis of this is solely on do you put your money in wheat futures right now. Um, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't make advice like that. I simply tell you when I think it's time to uh, to bail out of everything for a while. And uh, I don't see that as something I would advise you to do right now. Now, um, so you take that with a grain of salt, do what you want the information, and understand when you read anything at Seeking Alpha, it's, it, it's said from the, uh, the viewpoint of an investor, but it does give you the facts on the ground better than most mainstream media sources. So that's what I picked up there. This is not one to panic about for tomorrow, but it is one to keep your eyes on. Scientists say it is only a matter of time before this thing hits the US. My fear is that Monsanto will use this as yet another excuse to come up but some other genetically modified crap that will do further damage to our our grain resources and our agricultural resources around the world. So keep an eye on it, folks. Um, Here's another thing that just happened. Uh, Gold prices have slid a bit and I think it's important that we pay attention to this because this is I get a lot of times people saying Jack why don't you advise people to put more money in gold and my standard recommendation is that you take whatever your savings in retirement is and you put between 10 to 15 percent of that money into gold and or silver and I would say do both and if you did 15 a good split is ten gold five silver or five silver uh, ten silver five gold however you want to do it. it's something you it could be seven and a half and seven and a half You could do 5 and 5 and make it 10% total, whatever you want. But I don't really advise people to put much more than that there. People say, why not? If the dollar's ever devalued to nothing, we'll talk about that more in a bit. Um, But then wouldn't gold go through the roof? And when there's financial trouble, doesn't gold go way, way up? Gold is way, way up, right? But what happened this last couple days? Gold went down. Why did gold go down? Because people sold it. I mean, it is that simple. People got into a situation. This is an, uh, a Wall Street Journal article, so you can only read like the first two paragraphs of it. it was just probably all you need to, to, to read unless you have a Wall Street Journal uh, subscription i think i got another link for you that gives you a little bit more information on it than the snippet from wall street journal but basically the upshot of this is that a lot of investors around the world just lost a bunch of money again as the stock market fell and the commodities market fell and the oil market fell and to compensate for the equity loss and to free up funds to put it back into the investments which have temporarily dropped okay um what they're gonna what they're doing now is they're selling the gold to offset that loss. So that drove the price of gold down. So what does this mean to you? This means that when people start selling gold it goes down. In other words, people when people use gold, it's price drops. This is why I don't tell you, put you know, half your savings or all of your savings in gold. It's the gold standard. All those other things that people that sell you gold say. There's a place for gold. It's a piece of your investing portfolio. A lot more of your money should go into things like a piece of land that you own free and clear. That okay? you can use to produce something for you. You can't eat gold. Gold is worth money because we collectively, as a society, have decided it's worth something. In reality, gold, silver, platinum, diamonds, etc., unless you are an industry that's producing a product with them, is useless. Can't eat it. It doesn't create anything. It's no more valuable than copper, let's put it that way, in most situations. I know some people will write in and you'll tell me how silver cures diseases and it's used for film production and you know, all this other stuff. And by the way, Kodak has stopped making Kodachrome film. Uh, I think today was the official last day they're going to produce it. Nobody buys it anymore, so there goes the film aspect. I guess we still need x rays and whatnot. But you get my point. Um, you got to really use your head when it comes to putting your money into precious metals. There's a, there's a place for it, but you got to be conservative with everything that you do, and you've got to diversify across smart investments. That's all I'm saying here. And pay attention. Every time the market gets really, really bad, it looks like a short-term drop. People cash their gold in. They cover their plays. And then what happens? The price comes down. So... Just keep, keep that in mind when somebody calls you on the phone and says, Hey, you know the economy's going to crash. We think that you should buy our MS69 gold coins. Five million of them. How much money do you have, sir? That's how much gold you should have, right? If you get a telemarketer's call like that, because they're filling out a form on a website or something, remember that. Remember there's a place, but not to go overboard. Um, next one. So, like, two weeks ago I came on the show and I said, Look, folks. The United States is in deep shit, long term, not tomorrow, long term, that the industrial base of the world and the wealth of the world is moving out of the United States. It's already left Europe, but Europe had such a stake in the United States, it didn't matter. They were able to hold on to it. But the high-end manufacturing and industrial capability of the United States is getting outsourced to, to China. When China is going to turn around and they're going to outsource their crap manufacturing to Africa, make China make Africa into their China, while they become the United States. At their at their, their right side will be the Russians, filling the role for the Chinese that the UK has filled for the United States for over a hundred years. They will be tightly aligned economically. With Brazil and India as the two other fastest growing economies in the world and that the overall climate will shift to where we will become less important. And one of the first things I said that was going to indicate that was the Chinese starting to go into the luxury car market. They told me I was crazy. People commented on the blog, the Chinese cannot build a car worth a damn. I won't believe this until I see the Chinese produce something that's roadworthy. Other comments like that, I said you're foolish because you're forgetting the same things were said about Kia and Toyota and Nissan and all the, the Japanese Japanese and the Korean uh, vehicles in the past. The Chinese actually have more capabilities than either of those nations. Uh, They just haven't brought them to bear yet. Where does this all lead up to? Oh, today... Today what happened was a magical day in China where China unveiled their very first completely manufactured in the nation of China Airbus 320. Yes, we say they can't build a car. Well, they just built a freaking airplane, a damn good airplane, a world-leading airplane. and, And Airbus has said they're moving their manufacturing into China to better compete against Boeing. They can build an Airbus. They can build a sedan. So they're planning on building, what is it, uh, nine more in 2009? And their production level should be up to four aircraft a month by 2011 from this one plant. I'm telling you folks, China's rising as we fall. And we're not falling into the doomsday tinfoil hat realm of nothingness. We're falling into the European model of irrelevancy. Why do you think the French are so pissed off at us? Do you think the French really cared if we invaded Iraq? Do you think it really took any skin off their nose? Other than it might have made their immigration problem a little bit worse, with more people want to get the hell out of the Middle East to go to France, because France is stupid, and provides them a living for free. Now, they're pissed because they're irrelevant. And if you're from France, I'm sorry. I don't mean it personally. But Europe as a whole has become irrelevant in the world. Nobody cares. And I think most Europeans don't care that they're irrelevant. And what I mean by that is they don't want to be sticking their nose in everybody else's business. And I think there's an upside for the United States if we adapt to this, not the way the Europeans have, because they've they've screwed a lot of stuff up with it, but if we adapt to this and we go back to our constitutional republic and stop interfering with the affairs of the rest of the world, this could be the greatest thing in the world. But our country is too greedy and led by people that are too much in the pockets of major corporations. They're going to keep fighting this thing, and they're going to lead us down a road to ruin, and they're not going to care, because what they're going to do is they're Going to rape it like strip mining coal, and when the land has been raped and there's sulfuric acid in the water, they're going to be they're going to be slowly throughout this entire time moving their operations over to Asia, moving their low end operations into Africa, moving their financial services and technology services into Brazil and India, and they will be moving their oil uh, facilities into Russia. Think I'm crazy. Read the writing on the wall. This is what's coming. Building an aircraft is just the first step in China to this becoming a total spiral. It can't happen yet. I'll get to another story in a little bit that will explain to you why not yet. Okay, next thing that happened yesterday. We've been talking about global oil prices quite a bit lately on the show. And... um, People have have asked me if I thought it was a weak dollar or greedy oil speculators or greedy oil companies. Inventories are high. This doesn't make any sense. Why is the price going up? I said it could be global inflation. I think global inflation is a little bit at play. That's because everybody's in this mess together with the United States. Because you know what backs everybody else's money? Our money. Our money is the international standard for currency. Right now. For now. For the time being. So... If we overinflate the dollar, then we devalue the rest of the world's money. So I said, well, maybe we're seeing prices rise globally because of this global inflation but I wasn't ready to call it that yet and, and I'm still not and then this is part of the reason why oil has just dropped in price down about 67 bucks a barrel and uh, you guys that were all happy when gas was like a dollar 20 again and, and oil was down at 35 bucks I told you the oil had no business at 35 bucks 50 dollars to60 dollars a gallon up to 70 right in that 50 to 70 range that's probably where oil should be and where oil should stay. For what it takes to extract it, refine it, move it, everything else, to explore for it, to find it, $50 to $70 a gallon, uh, depending on supply and demand, is a reasonable range for oil. So it's at the upper end of its reasonable range right now, and it's continuing to fall. Why? Because the forecast came out, and they said that overall... Not just the United States, but the global gross domestic product, the total financial production of the world, is expected to be down by 2.9% from 2008 to 2009. So 2009 will be a down year of almost 3%. So people realized that they were speculating on oil a little bit too much. And those speculators that are supposed to be able to drive the price up bailed out because they knew they were going to lose their ass. So the speculating driving the price up can only work so far And again, I've said this before, you can only blame the speculators so much. They're using the speculation to earn a profit. I don't like them. I don't like the way that they do it. But I understand why and how. And I also understand it ain't the way that the news people tell you. And it ain't the way that the president tells you. It isn't the way that any of these people pass the buck off to these guys and make it out to be. I'm sorry. The speculators did not drive oil to 140 they might have drove it from 120 to 140 last year, but they didn't drive it all the way up to 140. They're not capable, or they do it all the time. Oil would swing and drop because they'd be making money on the up and the down, left and right, if they just could collectively do it. What they realized this time is they were getting too excited about small things, too emotional with their investments, pumping too much money in, and now we're seeing oil come back down. Will this be a continuing trend for the rest of the year? No. Uh, we're going to hit peak driving season in the summer. I think there will be a lot more uh, gas burned this summer than people think is going to be burned because a lot of people have decided, you know what, I do have enough money to take vacations and things like that. Um, they are going to get in their cars and drive instead of spending money on an aircraft. Uh, or the airfare is so cheap they're going to get on an airplane. And there's going to be quite a bit of travel this summer, uh, especially in July and August. That's my prediction. It's just a fun prediction. Don't go put your money anywhere because of it. Um, but I do think that we're not going to see oil back to $100 a barrel this year. It's just not going to happen. There's no economy out there capable of fueling that in the current situation. 2010, they're expecting a 2% expansion in gross domestic product globally. Watch out in 2010, I keep saying it, I've said it over and over and over. The biggest danger to the United States right now is economic recovery before we fix the massive amount of cash infusion we've created with printing fake money. If the Fed doesn't pull this money out of circulation at the exact right time and inflation hits amid recovery you're going to see everybody partying. And when the next bubble bursts, you'll see people jumping off of buildings on Madison Avenue. I promise you. It will make what we just went through look like a joke. The bigger the bubble, the bigger the pop. That's what we're setting ourselves up for. Obama wants to look like the hero. He's going to try to look like the hero in all this. The Democrats in Congress are going to try to look like the hero. And the Republicans that are standing up and supposedly opposing everything are going to say, well, if we didn't put these checks in place, it wouldn't happened. We're the heroes. Give us the power back. But everybody's going to be scrambling for power in 2012. Everybody's going to be claiming credit for the recovery. And when the bubble pops again, no one's going to want to take the blame. Sound familiar? It should. It happens all the time business as usual. What makes this not business as usual? So I keep saying this, and when it happens, I don't want anybody else claiming to take credit for this prediction. I haven't heard a single person say this, not even Gerald Salenti, that when we get through recovery, the rest of the world is going to seize the opportunity to separate themselves from us. They're going to keep buying up commodities at a breakneck, uh, breakneck speed. They're going to keep buying up gold. That's when the BRIC alliance is going to move to create a new global currency, and when they separate themselves from us, that's when you see our economy really go down the toilet. And I'm not talking the you know, a, a collapse of all doomsday and everybody dies, but I'm talking really, really bad. I'm talking it really looking like the Great Depression, not this phony Great Depression that we're in right now, this fake Great Depression, this manufactured Great Depression. There's a lot of people in this country that are benefiting from this recession, and it's been manufactured so that they can benefit from it. But sometimes when you do things that are malicious so that they'll benefit you long term, they're going to turn around and bite you. And that's what I see here. That's the setup here. Now, again, the really big... People don't understand when I say rich. Okay? When I say rich, I'm talking about you. If you have the economic capability to have a computer and download files and listen to me, and you drive a car, in our world today, you are rich. Okay? The wealthy, the elite, are moving their assets. Okay? So the rich are going to have their wealth robbed. And the elite are going to take that wealth, they're going to move to a different part of the world. That's the migration you're seeing. And the rest of the world has to play ball because they're in the shitter with us. We're in Shits Creek together, no paddles, everybody's got to use their hands and get to shore. When we get to shore, I'm telling you, they're going to get everybody out of the boat, except the Americans and the elite Americans that have funded everything, funded the boat, and they're going to push the boat back into Shit Creek, and we're going to be there alone. And in some ways, we deserve it. In some ways, we've earned it. And I know that sounds harsh, and it sounds hard on my own country. I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming the blue-collar guy. I'm not even blaming the white-collar guy that a lot of blue-collar guys think of as being wealthy. He's not wealthy. He works his ass off just like you do in a different way. I'm not blaming any of those people. I'm blaming the people that run our nation that have sold out for a few dollars. That's who I'm blaming here. And they get the blame. And we get the blame, too, to a degree, because we've allowed them to do it. We've allowed our government to tell us how things are going to be, and we've lost our understanding that we have our own power, and we can take that away from them. And we've forgotten what many people died to give us. And this is the result. And I'm telling you, I don't see any way to stem the tide right now, so what I'm telling you to do is prepare for it. Calm sane, rational preparation. Understanding that just because we lose our place as number one in the world doesn't destroy everything. There's plenty of nations that are nice to live in that aren't number one in the world. There can only be number one in the world one time. One nation. And uh, the media is going to paint it the way they want it to look the entire time. promise you. Here's a perfect example. Last night, Barack Obama's First Lady... Michelle Obama was on YouTube as a featured video with her call for Americans to serve their nation. Um, Big, giant billions of dollars being pumped into AmeriCorps, and the Obamas are calling on you to serve. If you're too old to serve, send your children to serve the dictators of the proletariat. And of course... I couldn't help but comment on this little YouTube train because people were talk Basically, the whole thing was a big argument, who was better, Bush or Obama? Why we'd be better off with Bush, why Obama is the savior, how Obama sucks, of course, people throwing raceless slings around, looking like a bunch of assholes and a bunch of idiots. So I made a comment saying... There is no difference between Bush and Obama. Haven't you noticed that Bush and Obama agreed with everything each other had to say as soon as the election was over? Some tool comes back and says, wrong again. Bush wanted to keep the troops in Iraq indefinitely, and Obama's pulling them out next year. Oh, really, tool? So I commented back and I made this claim, and I'm going to do it today on the air because I want to remind people of reality. In November, in November, I did a show. I think I said this earlier, way back in August I said this, but in November I was able to find my show. I'm on record, you can go look it up. George Bush was still President of the United States. His administration came out with an extraction from Iraq plan. They said that U.S. troops would begin heavy withdrawals in August of 2010. And we would basically be out then. There would still be embassy people, things like that, small contingents, training arms, things like that, support arms. But the the major military extraction would be August of 2010, and we would have all U.S. forces out of Iraq by December of 2011. Okay? On that show I said, your media and your stupid sheeple will accept this when it's told to them, are going to give Barack Obama credit for that withdrawal. They're going to call it the Obama plan. In fact, they already were. You can go back and see it. Now, what you can't see is the Associated Press article that said that Bush did it. When I went to pull that link up out of my show notes, and I haven't removed it just so you can see it, it's gone. It's no longer available. The Associated Press took their own story down because it doesn't jive with reality. Never fear, I was able to find several sources citing Bush's administration as being the people that put the dates and plan in place, going back to as early as August in 2008 before the election even went down. But people today are saying this is Barack Obama's plan. How stupid are we, people? Really? How stupid is a population? I'm not talking about you individually. Clearly you're intelligent. You're listening to alternative media. I don't care who it is, me or anybody else. As long as you listen to anybody outside of the mainstream for a fact check and for a reality check, you're intelligent. But as a population, how stupid are we? How can people actually buy this crap? How can people actually believe this? It was written in print. It was in major publications. I even have the New York Times source. Now, not on their site, because mysteriously that's gone too, but a document that is a reprint from the New York Times story citing the Bush administration of announcing this exact withdrawal plan. Why do I tell you this? So I can tell you Jack Spierko was right? No, I wasn't right. The New York Times was right. Okay, all the people that reported it were right. Am I right that they've now shifted gears? Of course I'm right about that. I don't think it should surprise anybody. I'm just saying... Don't believe the shit the TV tells you. Don't believe the shit the newspaper tells you. Don't just believe it without checking the past. This is a perfect example of a complete whitewash of reality. And I bet you, somebody tell me if you've heard Glenn Beck or Sean Hannity or Bill O'Reilly or any of those guys. And I don't dislike Glenn Beck at all. not the biggest fan of Hannity and I really don't like O'Reilly. Okay? Just personal issue there. But I don't think any of these guys have talked about this. Has anybody said this? Has anybody pointed this out anywhere other than me? So how much how much have I missed? How much have you missed? Don't trust mainstream media. That is the lesson here. So what's the last story I got for you today? Stock market's supposed to go up today. Now, some could come out and make it go back down, but we know the market's been down the past couple days. Not looking real good. People concerned. Dollar could tank. U.S. could lose its AAA credit rating. Ooh, apprehension. Money flows out of the stocks. People are taking their profits. They've made it up on this this bounce and uh, putting their money aside and waiting to figure out what to do next. Selling off things that are profitable to cover their equity losses. The suckers that wait too long, they're dumping it after the loss. And then they're dumping their gold to cover their positions. And we've talked about all that today. But now the market's going to go up. How come? Because Moody's said so. Yes, Moody's came out and said the United States is in no danger of losing its AAA credit rating. And with one announcement, money goes back in. It's a game. It's a casino I hope you understand that when you're investing in stocks and mutual funds. It is a casino. And it is a manipulated casino. And there is a place for investments in companies through stocks or funds. But you better be careful. And you better not put all your money there ever. Never put all your money in stocks. You ever heard, don't put all your eggs in one basket? And then some financial advisor who is a tool of the machine, a cog in the works, who's been trained to sell to you, not to advise you on investments, says, well, we create diversity by investing in many stocks and in many funds. It's still all in the casino. You've diversified by putting some of your money on the blackjack table, some of your money on the craps table, some of your money in the slot machine. Now, they have much better than Vegas payouts, but it's still a casino, and it's still what you're doing, and it's still why I want you to be careful. It's still why I want you to understand that there are other things to invest in. Commodities, yes. Gold, silver, yes. Some money goes there. But land, and not a tenth of an acre in the middle of the suburbs that can't work for you. They can't give you anything. A big piece of land that you can turn into a production facility that can provide you food for the rest of your life. And if you do it right, you can hand it down to children and it can provide them food for generations. That's what made America the place that people came to. People have lost touch with this. You know why people came here in the 1800s and even up into the early 1900s? Do, do, do you think it was because we had this great constitution and everybody loved us? You know? In the 1800s, America was a tough-ass place to be. It wasn't as, you know, filled with streets of gold and all these old immigrant stories of how people came here for the opportunity and blah, blah, blah. You know what they came here for? You know what the opportunity was? Land Land ownership. Many places of the world in the 1800s, a commoner could still never, ever ever own land. If you were born into a certain class system, you could not own land. Or the ones that did had the land seized and taken away from them, and they could come here and they could run out onto the prairie and they could claim 40 acres. And it was theirs. Or they could go to work in one of our sweatshop factories, yes, for six months, or build a railroad for six months and live like they were totally dirt poor live on whatever they could scrape up and save every penny, and then they could go out and buy 40 acres. That's why they came here. And if we don't regain that as part of our idea and our understanding of what having value is, having wealth really is, is to having something that is a producer rather than a consumer. Most people buy stocks. They don't realize the stocks are based 100% upon consumption. The company that sells whatever it sells from services to product that you invest in, if nobody consumes, they lose. So when people lose money, they stop spending, the market goes down. Very simple economics 101. The money's fake in the first place. But the land is real. You invest in alternative energy, that's real. You produce electricity with it for years, under your own control. You put in a system that allows you to harvest water, where it's still legal to do so anyway. It's yours, you own it. It works for you. So think about these things when it comes to what you're doing with your money. I'm not going to tell you where to put it. I'm not even going to tell you really what percentages. Even my rule on gold of 10 to 15% is very, very loose. If you said, hey, Jack, I only want to put 2% in. I want to take 2% of my savings and put it in the metals. What do you think? Hey, man, so you want to go do it. I want to do one, fine. I want to do 17, I want to do a little bit more, fine. I want to do 50, hold on, think about that. That's all I'll say. But if you still want to do it, you do what you want with your money and your wealth. But for God's sake, think. Understand that if, if Moody's can come out with one announcement, one announcement, there was no surprise. You know what? The U.S. was never going to lose its AAA credit credit rating. It wasn't going to happen. Why not? Folks, what did I tell you earlier today? They're all in the boat with us. We're all in shit creek together. The rest of the world can't have it. They're too invested in us. It would be like having all your money in IBM, and I, IBM goes chapter 7, liquidation, bankruptcy, overnight. Your money's gone. You'll do anything to prevent it from happening. Well, the rest of the world is holding us as their major assets. They're going to use the recovery. Then they're going to bail. Then they're going to push us back out into shit creek on our own. This is a road map for it that I've given you today. So what do you do? What do you do about all this? You do the things that we talk about every day here. Make sure that you're being wise with how you spend your time, your resources, and your money. Make sure you think about where you're putting your efforts. When you look at your household, ask yourself, Household, do you produce for me or do I produce for you? If you're paying a $2,500 mortgage payment every month, and you don't even have a single thing on your property that produces food for you, your house is a 100% consumer consumes it produces nothing it provides shelter okay but you have to you have to consume to get the shelter it provides air conditioning and heat and light but you have to pay and consume that okay your home for most people is a consumer I'm telling you to shift it to some level of producer. Be smart. Understand that things like this fungus can destroy entire crops of food, creating shortages and food price spikes. Understand if something similar hits corn, how far that's going to go. Wheat's in a lot of things today. Corn's in almost everything today in the form of uh, corn syrup for sweeteners. Pay attention to what's going on. Stay in touch. Don't freak out. Don't get in fear. Don't look at all this and go, oh, it's going to happen tomorrow. Stop doing that. Some of you people, stop that nonsense. Think sane, calm, rational. Shit will happen. Things will break down. There will be tragedy in America. There will be tragedy in your personal life. There will be tragedies in your state. And at some point, there might be tragedies in your neighborhood or your county or your city. But it's up to you how you will deal with them. You don't freak out and go spend your life savings on 10 years' worth of food tomorrow. That's a stupid idea. Don't do it. Calm, rational, slow, controlled adjustment to a new way of living and a new way of thinking that says, I am the solution to my own problems. I will put in systems of redundancy so when the things that I think are going to be there aren't, I still have a plan B. I'll know what I'm going to do, I'll know where I'm going to go, I know how I'm going to get there. And when crisis strikes, I won't react. I'll stop, I'll assess what I have, I'll make a decision, and then I'll act. You put that mindset in, and the rest of the things will begin to take care of themselves. This has been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. can scream, and you can holler, it really doesn't matter, cause it all gets spent.